Hey weirdos, I'm Deidre, and this is Weird Animal Facts Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. Today we are going to be talking about two animals that, given in the wrong context or not being knowledgeable in the ways of the animal world, can appear a bit frightening. And if you are so dense that when I say these two animals, or if you read the episode title, because let's face it, that's how we all decide if podcast episodes are worth our time, thought, what the fuck? Those are two made-up words. As a person who has had very, very difficult times pronouncing many, many words, even I can say these words. Then again, having worked in the animal field for over a decade and have been an avid animal enthusiast since I was a preschool preschooler, it makes sense that I know how to pronounce these wacky animal names. The guanaco and cicadas. And for those brave souls who took a chance in this episode title because you're all about learning, good on you. And for those who have nothing better to do because your phone is too far away for you to change the episode or your hands are covered in goo, don't change the episode. Because even though I try to trick you into learning by occasionally making jokes about my sex life and pop culture that really isn't that relevant today, that may in turn reveal my actual age, you'll still have a good time, guaranteed. If not, then an endangered species will die. So you better enjoy yourself for the good of all animals. Guanaco, 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 guanaco. Any way you say the word, it's fun. Go on, give it a try. Guanaco. Even though guanaco sounds like an American attempting to say the word guacamole, I assure you that a guanaco, now I can't even say it. Anyways, I can assure you that a guanaco is an animal, not from Mexico. And also I doubt it tastes as good as guac. If you need help visualizing, if you need help visualizing what a guanaco is, just imagine a llama or an alpaca. All right, are you still having a hard time because you skipped out on the one very good Disney movie of all time? Whoa, no touchy. Well, then don't worry because you've got your pal Deidre here to verbally illustrate just what a guanaco looks like. Imagine a horse. And if you don't know what a horse is, then ask any child under the age of five and be prepared for mockery. Alright, so imagine you took a horse and you shrunk it down just a little bit so that the shoulders were no taller than four feet or around 1.2 meters. Then grow out all the fur, except for the mane. Get rid of that. Oh, and get rid of the tail. Actually, on second thought, keep the tail. Just make it a little tiny tail about three or four inches long. Then take the hair that we just grew out and perm it. Yep, all of it. Make the neck longer, but as you extend it, do it up against the wall so that the posture is no longer elegant and resembles that of an awkward kid trying to fit in with the punk kids at school. Emo's in now, man. Make the ears longer and get rid of the horse's chiseled cheekbones. The guanaco is not trying to impress anybody. Then those large, bulgy eyes. Well, that's a testament to that. Give them a hillbilly teeth, but only on the bottom jaw. And finally, the toes. That's right, I said toes, as in more than one. You see, the horse walks on a single toe. Makes that hoof a bit more disgusting now, doesn't it? While the guanaco's two long, skinny toes looks like a mixture between a pygmy kangaroo and a velociraptor. And no, guanacos don't jump. 
Well, at least not how you're thinking. And there you have it, a Gwinnako! Oh, also install a sprinkler system for when they're pissed. And if for some reason all of this didn't help you at all, then go check out our Instagram at WAFpodcast so you can actually see how accurate my description really is. But since we're on the topic of feet, let's talk about that! When talking about hooved mammals, there are differences in feet. Or more so the toes. There are one-toed ungulates, like zebras and horses. There are also two-toed ungulates, like guanacos and camels. There are three-toed ungulates, like the rhinoceros. And there's also four-toed ungulates, like the hippopotamus. Now, since this is a science show, scientists actually break it down to even-toed hooved mammals, or ungulates, and then the odd toes. So they don't go one, two, three, four. They go even-toed or odd-toed. They're making it a little bit easier for us, I guess. I don't know. The word's kind of weird. Speaking of words, that's right, you've also guessed it. Because scientists just want to fuck you over every now and then, they will use fancy words to make you sound like an idiot. And because I like to say fancy words, I'm going to tell you what the fancy word is. But also, since we're talking about guanacos who have two-toed or the even toes, I'll tell you about them. Artiodactyla. And yes, I did have to ask Google how to say that before I tried it. So we'll see how long Actiodactyla actually stays in my brain. Anyways, that's the fancy word. And when you look at the word of how it's spelled, it kind of looks like a flying dinosaur. Like, that's what the word should mean. However, though, it does mean even-toed ungulates. And if you want even more ungulate fun, go check out the White-Tailed Deer episode slash Munchak episode. There's even an ungulate song at the end. Ungulates, ungulates. And if you like songs, you'll also love this one. Kingdom phylum class. Order. Family genus species. Attacodilla. Nope, that's not the word. Here it is. Artiodactyla. Artiodactyla is actually the order. Now above the order comes the class, which is mammal, the mammal class. Fun fact! Other mammals in the Acadilla order are pigs, hippos, deer, giraffe, sheep, goats, and cows, only to name a few. And the family that the Guanaco belongs to, believe it or not, is Camillidae. Anyways, that just means the Guanaco is very much related to camels. Fun fact! Australia doesn't have any native species of Archaeodactyla. Instead, kangaroos fill the role of the herbivorous Archaeodactyla would do. Sure, that's how you say it. As for the Guanaco, they are native to South America and are the wild versions of the domestic llama, while the vinchuna, that's a real word by the way, and a real animal, now I may be saying it wrong, but it's real, is actually the wild version of the domestic alpaca. Are you kidding me? Stop it! And I recorded all of that. Anyways, I hoped none of that made it into there. So basically, the difference between llama and alpaca are their wild descendants. So earlier when I told you to vis- visualize, visual, this, I don't know why that word's so hard, it's a simple word. Anyways, earlier when I told you to visualize a llama to know what a guanaco looks like, there was a reason. These two-toed beasts are quite weird. If the sight of them alone wasn't weird enough for you, then just remember that they're ruminants. 
And if you missed out on that white-tailed deer and munchak episode, then you do not truly understand how weird ruminants truly are. Imagine you just ate your most favorite meal. Pizza, perhaps? And now that tasty supreme topping pizza is just sitting in your stomach. Your belly tried to get all the nutrients it could, but it just wasn't enough. So, what's a ruminant to do? Well, just regurgitate it back into your mouth and chew it all over again. This way, you can be sure to break down all the tasty bits for your belly and microorganism friends to absorb. When I think about ruminants, I often wonder if the cud they regurgitate back up into their mouth to chew actually tastes as good as it did the first time around. Now, a reason why I wonder this is because one time I got really drunk off a fireball, and then when I threw it up, it still tasted like fireball. <laughs> However, though, that was the only time I regurgitated something and it still tasted as good just the second time. Anyways, maybe their multi-chamber stomachs help it to taste better. I don't know. But based on the amount of burps I've smelt come out of the mouths of the ruminants I've worked with, I don't think so. Fun fact! While many ungulants have four chamber stomachs with fancy-ass names for each one of their four stomach chambers, when that goes, and other members of the Camaldae, Camaldae family, anyways, camel family, only have three chambers and are called C1, C2, and C3. Nice job, scientists. You get an A for simplicity, but an F for creativity. Because of their embarrassing three-chamber stomachs, scientists have dubbed members of the camel family as pseudo-ruminants. It's like the pseudopenis of the stomach. But unlike the female spotted hyena's pseudopenis, guanacos actually have stomachs that function pretty much the same as other ruminants, only better. Hey there, listener. Has this ever happened to you? You sit down after a long day's work to begin your meal when a big, bad predator stalks over and creepily watches you from behind a bush. Then you get so nervous that you can hardly take a bite without thinking that this predator is only a moment from murdering you. And then, once it finally comes at you, you are then forced to abandon your meal so to keep from getting murdered. If so, then have we got a deal for you. If you call now in the next six hours, you can be eligible to give us your hard-earned money in exchange for a more efficient way of getting nutrients into your body. No, we can't help you with that predator. Our insurance won't allow it. <laughs> but before that predator sinks their teeth into your fluffy body, we can help guarantee you are chucked full of nutrients that predator and you <laughs> needs to survive. A brand new product from the Mother Nature and God collection. The Ruminant. With six easy payments and 50 million years of evolution, you too can have a stomach that makes your jaw do extra work. So give your boyfriend a break and make room for the cud your mouth is asking for. It may not taste better, but it will be better for your cholesterol due to the lower levels of salinity. But wait, there's more! If you call before the next great extinction, we'll throw in an extra stomach chamber, moving you up from llama to sexy cow mama. Sure, the three-chamber stomach makes it easier to get more nutrients, but four is always better than three. That's our motto to make more money, as the extra stomach will cost you and the ozone layer. Instead of choosing between the gruesome death by puma and not eating, now you can avoid both with our new ruminant stomach. Sure, it won't taste as grand as the first time you ate it, but with our new cut feature, you don't have to have food right in front of you in order for you to have a meal. 
That's right, you can enjoy that delicious meal a second time, only less delicious. And you'll get to share it with up to 512 species of microorganisms. This way, you'll never have to dine alone again. Call now, as phone lines are standing by. As mentioned, guanacos can be found in South America, along the Andes mountain range. Fun fact, the Andes mountains are almost as tall as Mount Whitney, nearly 4,000 meters above sea level. But guanacos don't just live in the tall mountains, they can also range down below. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no plateau wide enough to keep guanacos from there. With so many different levels of elevation, one might imagine altitude sickness will be right around the corner for our guanaco friends. But not as true for them. As mentioned in the Titicaca Frog episode, oxygen is very thin the higher you go up in the air. And one thing that hearts do, in addition to pumping blood, is pumping oxygen. Because there's also oxygen in your blood. In case you didn't know that. Your red blood cells are what carries oxygen through the body. But it's the hemoglobin who should really get the credit. Hemoglobin, that's the protein in your red blood cells that do the carrying of the oxygen through the body. And since oxygen can be hard to come by in higher altitudes, say, I don't know, the Andes Mountains that we're talking about, having more hemoglobin would be beneficial. And it is. Just ask the guanaco, because they got it. You get more hemoglobin, and you get more hemoglobin. Everybody gets more hemoglobin. In humans, having too much hemoglobin can actually cause the blood to clot inside of your body, which is not good. However, though, the guanacos have a solution. To make sure that thick juice flowing through the guanacos' bloodstream isn't clotting, the guanacos have another weird adaptation to make up for the first one. They have a great big heart. Literally, not figuratively. Because the guanacos I worked with were all dicks. Anytime I walked by just a bit too close, they spat at me. That's right. These two-toed, three-chambered stomach, giant heart organ weirdos can also spit. Yeah, they're cute and all, but they are weird-looking, spitting, long-necked beasts that live in groups. Typically, members of the camel family only spit at each other when one of their homies pissed them off, and not young, naive zookeepers just trying to start their career. The alpacas I currently work with did spit at me the other day, but only because one got too close to the other one I just happened to be petting. If only men would fight over me in such vigor... And don't all fight over me at once, because I'm guessing your love for me may fade as soon as we move into our next segment. Scientific names are hard. Where I sound as dopey as a guanaco's face looks. And we're not just going to do guanaco, we're going to do all. Guanaco, llama, alpaca, and vinchuna. I cannot say that once, we're going to start with that one. Now, the vicuna is the wild version of the alpaca. And for those of you who've never heard the Scientific Names Are Hard segment, my roommate Emily writes on a sheet of paper scientific names that I do not read until this moment in time. And as you already heard, I'm not great at it, so enjoy my pain. Vikuna. Vikuga. Vikung. Vikungna. Vikungna. Vik. 
Alright, moving on to Alpaca! Llama Pacos! Aha! That one was easy! Alpaca is Llama Pacos. Or Pecos? There's only one L in it though, not two. Speaking of llamas, let's go to the llama! Now remember, Alpaca and Llama are the domestic ones. Now we're reading Llama. <laughs> llama Glama. Actually, probably Llama Glama. Llama Glama. <laughs> llama Mama, Llama Glama. Now, finally, the moment you all have been waiting for. It is time to read the scientific name of the Guanaco. Llama Guanaco. E. It's Guanaco, but there's an E at the end. Llama Guanacoe. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause, please. Thank you. Thank you. I know that was probably the best one I've ever done so far. Oh, I'd like to thank the Academy. Thank you so much. It's the transition song. From going to one topic to the next. It's the transition song. So that we have no awkward silence. Cicadas. Ruining the sounds of silence for everyone and making you feel like you're an extra in a 1950s sci-fi monster movie where the insects somehow grow gigantic in size. Only instead of one giant tarantula, it's more like Alfred Hitchcock the birds, and they're all normal size, but there are a bazillion of them. Not them like the movie with the giant ants, but them as in cicadas. <laughs> more obnoxious than any noise known to man, comes from beneath in millions, whose buzzing fury no one can escape. They stood silent for 17 years, but in one moment of history making noise comes... Cicadas! We may be witnesses to a biblical prophecy come true. And shall there be noise and numbers upon creation, and the beast shall reign over the earth. Yes, the earth, the sky above and the seas below, infested by swarms of noisy nightmare creatures, crueler than a baby crying. As the once silent air erupts into the vibration of incessant buzzing of terror, comes a swarm of zombie-like creatures. Ah! They're everywhere! They're exoskeletons! They're everywhere! Born in the swirling vortex of the male satanic harmony, there is no word to describe the loud and unprecedented numbers of these creatures. All one can do is wait. You can't kill them all! The ecosystem needs them! And I need my peace of mind! Ah! Oh, make it stop! Make it stop! Well, I'll go insane otherwise! Look what it's doing to the people! They'll be gone soon! And no one's make it stop! Make it stop! Only dreamin' buzzing now. When will this nightmare be over? Coming spring 2021. That's right, for the periodical cicada, every 17 years they crawl up 
from beneath the dirt in the thousands so to crawl up a tree and take it off. Da-da-da-da-da-da, take your shirt off. Da-da-da-da-da-da, take your shirt off. As nymphs, that's the juvie cicada who are wingless, they find a nice spot on the tree and give the world a striptease as they crawl out of their exoskeleton, looking like a white, nasty ghost whose wings have been dipped in milk and just wait like a teenage boy watching his first porn to harden. Then, once dry and firm, the horror begins. Dun, dun, dun! Or if you're a bug eater, the endless buffet begins! Fun fact! That buzzing you hear is just the male screaming his readiness for fucking. Think about that the next time you start hearing the constant buzzing. I wanna fuck! I want you to fuck me. Didn't you, didn't you, didn't you hear me buzzing? Pour some cicadas on me. After doing the deed and then laying 260 eggs on a tree, they hatch into nymphs and then plummet to the ground where they make like gremlin gophers and bury themselves under the dirt for another 17 years. And now it's time for Molts with Mortimer. Hi, I'm Mortimer, and it's time for molts. A molt is when an animal sheds their old skin so that I can take it. <laughs> I love molts. And this year, with the cicadas, I'll have so many more molts. And the cicadas molts are much better, as the nymphs look just like little baby cicadas, <laughs> just before they get their wings. Every time a nymph molts, a cicada gets their wings. And Mortimer gets their exoskeleton. <laughs> and I don't like caterpillars or their uh, older form of butterflies. Without nymphs, the caterpillars don't leave behind their skin for me to have. Their young are larvae. And I hate larvae. Chrysalis are stupid. It looks nothing like my insect loves. Nymphs are where it's at. Metamorphosis is for pussies who can't stand to look at the frosted flake version of their younger selves. I want the exoskeleton! If you haven't guessed it, cicadas are a type of insect and are only a couple inches long. There are over 3,000 species of them across the globe. And the one we've mainly been talking about so far is a periodical cicada that lives in the east side of the United States. There are different broods, or nymphs in slumber, as I like to call them, that will appear from the earth at various times during the spring. But these cicadas aren't coming for everyone. You can actually use the good old interweb to find out if you have cicadas emerging around you. But be warned, as not all cicadas are those that spend 17 years in solitude. Fun fact, according to cicadamania.com, California has over 80 species of annual cicada. Now, myself, having been a resident of the Golden State, I too have got to experience the annual sensation of cicadas. I taught zoo camp at the time, and there were some kids whose favorite part of camp was actually collecting all the exoskeletons, like every single one that they could find, and they get their hands on, and pretty soon they got all the kids into collecting these pork rinds of the nature. And you know what? I didn't discourage it. Occasionally, the kids would also find a living cicada, or one that was kind of living, since they don't live very long. Anyways, they live just long enough to grow wings, scream, fuck, and lay their eggs. Wasn't that all life is? You grow up, 
make some noise and leave behind offspring? Hmm, I hope cicadas aren't a metaphor for life, as that would leave a very short window for life. And if it is a metaphor, then we better all get busy fucking. Or just make some noise. Loud noises! Speaking of noises, let's get loud, let's get loud, let's get loud, let's get loud. Let's talk about how a tiny little insect can make so much damn noise. Let's get loud, let's get loud. First, there are a bazillion of them, so that might be part of the reason. Imagine an entire boys choir just screaming away. But you know what? Even one can belt out their song 20 times that of a cricket. Yet, scientists still aren't 100% sure how they're able to be so damn loud. But what we do know is that while we humans scream with our vocal cords, these little dudes are kind of like playing the drums of their time pole. Time pole? It could be timble. Time pole, timble. Tomato, tomato is my opinion. And technically, cicadas have two timbles, one on either side. But it's the timbles or time bells, whatever you want to say, that's helping to make that noise. And that noise comes from buckling their timbal ribs. Think of it like when you pull a straw up and down in that plastic lid to make that annoying sound. Only there's a bunch of straws and there's thousands of cups set up the exact same way, pulling the straws up and down, up and down, up and down, 300 times a second. Another reason why a tiny cicada is able to make such a loud sound is similar to the double bounce you shoot for when you're on a trampoline. If you're able to pair your bounce at the perfect time of your buddy's bounce, then, with our bounces combined, you get double height. And get this, cicadas are able to make their noise-making lifestyle super easy. But how is it so easy for them to be so loud? You know what, parents have been asking their children the same question for years. We don't know. And if you are worried that the arrival of the cicada is a sign of the apocalypse is upon us, don't worry. Because unlike locusts, who would lead us to famine, the cicada are too worried about finding a mate to be worried about destroying your garden. It's actually the nymphs in the garden who do a little bit more damage, but don't misinterpret this as they really don't do that much damage because all those nymphs are doing are feeding on the fluid from whatever plant they happen to be buried underneath. So, don't worry. It's not very much. They're not really doing anything. In fact, cicadas don't even normally bite people, nor are they like those blood-sucking bastards of the mosquitoes. All cicadas really do is scream for a couple days, and if you ask me, I think every now and then, we all could use a few days of just screaming. But try to contain your screams as I attempt to read the scientific name in... Scientific names are hard. And I only have one today. This is the periodical cicada that we've been mentioning, the one every 17 years. So you'll hear this one scientific name now, and you'll probably hear it in another 17 years. Open the paper. <laughs> it starts with magic. Magic Akata, Magic Akata Cassini, Magic, Magic Cassini, Magic Cassini. That is the periodical cicada. As frightening as a guanaco spit is, and as obnoxious as a cicada screaming appears to be, these two species, as weird as they are, have hopefully brought a song to your heart. 
even if the guanaco's heart is oversized in comparison, and if the cicada's song makes you want to punch somebody, they're still there, in your heart. Guanacos are food for pumas and help to maintain the ecosystem and fill the niche of regulating plant growth. While cicadas, although some only show every 17 years, when they do show, provide plenty of food for wildlife and people. That's right, you can eat them and people claim they even taste like shrimp. <laughs> Who knew? So go find yourself a good cicada seasoning recipe and get ready for springtime when you can be just like the animals you love and join in the buffet of life. And thank you to those who have been binging this podcast and have been leaving all your ratings and reviews as I greatly, greatly appreciate them. And I'm so happy that you and so many others enjoy this show as much as people enjoy eating insects. Or some people, I guess. To learn more, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at WAF Podcast. And to help the world be a better place, and please share the show with anyone you find to be just a little bit off their rocker, as this podcast is for them. And if they identify as being normal, still share with them anyways, as this world can always use a few good more weirdos. Thanks for listening, and stay weird!